two, foot fly. Welcome to the Ditching Perfection podcast, a podcast that will help you pursue wholeness in Jesus rather than trying to have it all together. I'm your host, Carly Bartlett, and along the way, we're going to have some raw conversations and share some practical tips that will remind you to throw some confetti and celebrate yourself. Your inner critic does not have to be the dominant voice in your life anymore. Hey friends, we are talking all about the Enneagram this fall on the Ditching Perfection podcast. If you haven't taken an Enneagram assessment and you're wondering what all of this is about, there is a link to a free and reliable test in the show notes. So check that out sometime this week. And speaking of assessments, I put together a fun and free perfectionist character quiz. So after you take this three-minute assessment, you'll get matched up with a character from pop culture like Rory Gilmore or Princess Tiana from The Princess and the Frog, and you'll read about your strengths, your areas for growth, and I will also provide some practical steps and prayer prompts for you to utilize on your own ditching perfection journey. This quiz is so much fun and has become such a great conversation starter with many of you. So if you have not yet taken the perfectionist character quiz, you can find that online at carlycommunicates.com slash resources. And I will also put that link in the show notes. Well, today, my friends, we are talking all about Enneagram threes. And my friend Bree Karens Sheldon is here to talk to us about life as a three. She's going to talk to us about how to recognize signs of stress and overwhelm and how God has helped her recognize the difference between healthy rest and avoidance. But you guys, we will also talk about the best member of NSYNC, (laughs) our experiences leading worship together, and the gift of a weekly Sabbath. But before we get into all of that, let me just give you a quick rundown on Enneagram 3s. Enneagram threes are called the achievers or the performers. According to the Enneagram Institute, quote, threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming. Ambitious and competent and energetic, they can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. But at their best, they're self-accepting, authentic, and everything they seem to be, role models who inspire others, end quote. Okay, so I've talked to you guys about The Road Back to You, and Bree and I are going to actually chat about that book again today. It's just a fabulous resource. And Ian Morgan Cron wrote that book. And in it, he writes several examples of what it's like to be a three. So let me read these and see if any of these five statements resonate with you. So number one, the keys to my happiness are efficiency, productivity, and being acknowledged as the best. Number two, I am competitive to a fault. Number three, I can find a way to win over and connect with just about anyone. Number four, it's hard for me to name or access my feelings. And number five, I'd rather lead than follow any day. 
Healthy Enneagram 3s are the get it done, goal setters, and goal reachers who love to work hard and be productive. But also, these Healthy Enneagram 3s know that their identity and value isn't wrapped up in what they do. But instead, they know that they're loved because of who they are. So I can't wait. I can't wait for this conversation and for you to hear more about what it's like to be an Enneagram 3 from my dear friend, Bree. Bree Karen Sheldon is the executive director for Midtown Church, a church plant in Boise, Idaho. After graduating with a degree in communication from Northwest Nazarene University, Bree spent a year in business before entering into church ministry. Bree loves making new friends and creating spaces where people thrive. She has a passion for encouraging and inspiring others to become healthy and whole in all aspects of life. And her deep desire is for people to see themselves the way that Christ does and to live into the joy and confidence that comes through a relationship with Jesus. In her spare time, Bree loves playing volleyball, watching baseball. She says, go Giants, which I mean, I know right now in my world, the Mariners are everybody's fave, but Brie, she loves the Giants. <laughs> Brie also loves spending quality time with her husband, Jared, and she loves prepping the nursery for their little one who is due in February. I am so excited for Brie and Jared to have this sweet baby. Oh, just so wonderful. <laughs> well, you guys, so excited for this conversation. So let's not delay any further. Let's dive right in. Well, hi, Brie. Welcome to the Ditching Perfection Podcast. Hi, Carly. Thanks for having me. I am really, really excited for today. I'm so glad you're here because we're talking about Enneagram and we've talked about Enneagram for the last years. several years together. Yeah. Yes. So it'll be fun for all of us to hear from you about what it's like to be a three, which I know you have looked into it a ton and have yeah. used the Enneagram as a tool in your life. So I'm excited about that. But before we dive into all the threeness. I would just love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Yes. Well, hello. My name is Bree. Um, I am originally from California, so born and raised. Love California. Miss the beaches, miss the <laughs> weather. Um, but I ended up transferring here to Idaho, and I met my husband here, and we got married. I'm married to the most amazing human in the whole <laughs> world. <laughs> just not debatable. He's the best. Um, and we are actually expecting our first little one in February. Yeah of 2023 so we're very excited about that oh I'm freaking um, out excited we are just over the moon we can't believe it still it just feels so new and fresh and so we're so grateful for that it's so fun we had lunch just recently yes and we had had lunch a while ago yeah. and so I was like okay so just checking in on family plans and you were so calm cool collected at first <laughs> that's a part of my personality Carly is I love being sneaky and so I was like okay I'm gonna be really cool and then I'm just gonna drop this on her and it was so fun your reaction uh. was so fun I was like so excited. Oh, oh it's my just word. Been, it's been the best. Yeah. We're so excited for you and Jared. Thank it's you. So great. Thank you. Yes. And yeah, I, I work for a church now actually, and I have the last three and a half years at a different church. And so I am just in the life of church ministry and uh, yeah, just really loving what I'm getting to do and what I'm a part of. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And for everyone listening, just a little backstory. So Bree and I have known each other for how long? Gosh, six when did you, years? Six years? I okay. think so, yeah. Yeah, so I was pastoring a church near the college campus, and Bree came yeah. and got to just super involved right away and was a leader, and so she ended up being an intern with us, and not just an intern, she became a dear friend, and then she and Jared, when they got married, they were in our small group. Well, 
before, this was before we got Even married. Before. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's crazy. We have walked through so many seasons of life yes. together, I feel like. And it's our, our friendship has morphed and transformed. And it's yes. been such a beautiful thing. I'm yes. really, really grateful Me for too. it. Me too. And we got to work then at a church together for yes. a while. Yeah. Just so, so much fun in the last six years and learning and growing. And I'm just so thankful for you and who you are as an encourager to me and a dear friend. So, so well, grateful that you're here. Back at you, Carly. I love you dearly. And I am very excited to be here. Thank you. And I will say too, to everyone listening, there's something about Brie and I that we can just crack <laughs> up like crazy. One time we went and led worship at an event together <laughs> yeah. and we were so delirious coming home. And oh, and remember when the car broke down? Yes. Like, we were in small town, small town, Idaho. Car would not start. Finally, this precious, I don't know, guy from town came and fixed Old it. Man. Yeah. We're like, please work, please work. Oh my gosh. We made our way home. I don't know if we ever did we have to not stop the car? Like turn I don't, it off? I don't even remember. I just remember the whole weekend was insane. I remember they put our names on the door where yes. we were sleeping. And my name is Bree, spelled B-R-E. And they put Bet, B-E-T. And so the whole weekend, it was like a series of bits of like, Bet sings a yes. song and Bet does this. And we came up with like Western accents. And it was a whole thing. It was so good. And oh on our way gosh. home, we were so tired and so delirious. And yeah. I think we were just cry laughing oh the whole way. Oh my gosh. You did yes. something. You The way that you said your dog is truly, you, the way that you said her name, I still sometimes think about it and will laugh just out of the blue because it was so funny you were so sleep deprived it's uh, amazing yeah I get in my dog voice you know yeah. people maybe You're listeners out mom. there get it with yeah. like the dog voice and yeah. just I don't talk to anyone else in my life like that and Brie heard my awkward dog voice I, I to this day consider it one of the greatest blessings oh my so, gosh yeah. anyways we're crazy and we may bust into laughter here soon but We'll see. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yes, exactly. But so glad you're here. And I'm just excited about the series that we're in right now about the Enneagram. Yeah. Because I have found that the Enneagram has been really helpful for me in my life, in my relationships and understanding myself and how I connect with God too. And so I'm just thrilled that you are here to talk about being a three. So as we dive in, would you just tell us some of the core characteristics and um, tenets of being a three that really resonate with you. Yes. So first of all, also, I think it's important to mention if you are listening and you identify as a three, or maybe you're listening and you're trying to figure out what Enneagram you are, even though we have these personality types that are really, really helpful, we're also so different and unique as individuals. And so you may not personally agree with everything that I say as part of it being a three and mm-hmm. that's okay because totally. you're different and you're unique um, yeah. but I think at the the heart of every three is our basic motivation is to add value to the world around us and to be worth to have worth mm-hmm. and to, to add value and then our basic fear is really of being worthless mm-hmm. nothing is worse to us than the thought of of not being valuable and not being loved for the the worth and the value that we add to to ourselves and to the world around us. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why we we have the name the achiever or the performer because we really we go into the world and we look around and we see just ways that we can add value and we're constantly searching for ways that we can achieve and be the best that we can be. Mm-hmm. And I think that really is at the core of the Enneagram three, no matter what your personality or other things may look like, that's kind of the core of what makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's probably so many people listening that can identify with that because with the Ditching Perfection podcast, there's a lot of people that are achievers that yeah. are wanting to work hard and add value. And so yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that We'll totally go, oh, I get it. But I think it's good for you to point out that that doesn't mean that we're going to, everyone that identifies as a three is going to look exactly the same. Right. And, right. you know, for me, I'm a one. Um, 
people think that I am clean and my space is organized. Yeah. Um, no, that's, I don't fit into that mold. <laughs> yeah. So that's just an example that there's just going to be things that are different and yeah. unique about you because you're Brie. Right. And not everyone else right. is Brie. No one else is. Right. Yeah. Right. But what was the process for you to actually discover that you were a three? Like what... And, and when did you start really learning about the Enneagram? Yeah, it's been years and years now. I originally learned about it and and um, kind of dove deep into it and then, you know, knew that I was a three and that helped with my life, but then kind of continued on and then more so in the last couple of years have kind of gotten back into it, which has been really fun. Mm-hmm. And I think when I originally read about things, I pretty quickly, I mean, I am like classic three. The more that we'll talk, you'll probably get that vibe from me. But I also kind of, considered actually being a one because I think that between types there's some similarities Mm -hmm. but the difference is that core motivation so where you and I are planners and you and I crave excellence it's for different reasons Mm -hmm. right whereas for you as a one maybe it's because that's the right thing to do and you want to make the world a better place and for me it's more like I want to be excellent so I can be the best and I can help others reach their potential and Mm -hmm. you know there's there's different motivations for even some of the same outcomes and so I think that in searching and and reading more I really had to make sure that okay at the core of things not looking at my behaviors but looking kind of like what's your why like Mm -hmm. why am I the way that I am and why do I make the decisions that I do that was a really big part of Mm -hmm. figuring out yes I am a three and very much so a three (laughs) now it's hilarious to think that I ever thought I was a one because I'm just that's totally different Mm -hmm. than me but yeah um, yeah and what a fun journey too that's the other thing is uh, it's so easy to look at other people and try to type them right as oh you're an Enneagram one you're a two you're mm-hmm. but I think it's it's the journey of experiencing that yourself and not letting people speak that onto you yeah but to figuring out for yourself and to going on the journey of of seeing the way that the Enneagram really can not put you in a box but mm-hmm. open up your horizons and help you realize more about you and the world around you yeah yeah so what was that process like did you take a quiz online or did you read books or talk to people? How did you really land and what were some of the resources that you used? Yeah. Well, in typical three fashion, I didn't just do one thing. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the way. (laughs) So I um, took a test online and then I also, I got the road back to you book. It's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's an excellent book that talks about each type and kind of delves into them more specifically. I think we even went through this in our small group. We did. Yeah. 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 And that was really helpful too. Um, and then also online, there are so many resources like the Enneagram Institute and things like yeah. that that I've gone to and, and continue to go back to because it's, you know, you're not going to memorize everything and it's mm-hmm. constantly as you learn and grow of going back and kind of refreshing those things as well. Right. Yeah. Yes. So looking at your life and story, what is one of the most three-ish moments that you feel like you've ever had? Oh my gosh, the most three-ish moments. Honestly, Carly, they happen, <laughs> they happen like every day. It's It's wild. I think that and it, and it varies, I think, by level of health. I would say yeah. that I have been an unhealthy three, which is very competitive, very, you know, wanting to be the best that I can be, not just for the sake of me, but so that everybody around me sees that. Mm-hmm. And so I think signs of unhealth, very threeness unhealth was, you know, bringing up all my accolades and like, hey, I was voted most athletic in high school. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, you're 20 something. No one cares, Brie. <laughs> like no one cares. Now you can probably jump like an inch. So nobody cares. <laughs> like we don't want you on our volleyball team. So I think moments of like that, I, those are pretty three moments, but in moments of unhealth. And I think mm-hmm. now um, just threes love to not only help themselves, mm-hmm. but also help others reach their potential. Yeah. And so I think that uh, three things that I'm constantly doing is I'm narrowing out on people that I want to play a role in their life and I want to mm-hmm. help them reach that potential. And so yeah. that's not, yeah, I guess, does that answer your question? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I was just curious, like in daily life, sometimes I'm just doing something. I'm like, oh my word, that is so like quintessential yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, this does happen often. My boss, he's hilarious. He's an Enneagram one. And he'll always... And he was on the podcast. He was our one. Yes, yes, yes Trevor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he, that's my boss, which is so fun. Our dynamic yes. is hilarious. And sometimes he'll ask me things and I'll just look at him. Like, are you really asking? Of course I did that. Of course I did. Because I'm a three. I'm not, I'm not going to yes. leave things unfinished. I'm detail oriented. I'm, I'm an achiever. So I'm going to make sure I get things done. And like the other day we were at church and I was running slides and he said, oh, Bri- I don't know if you got the slide up there. And like two of my best friends just <laughs> laughed because they're like, it's Brie because she's a three. Of, of course, course she did, did what she was supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like a classic three thing. That is totally true. Yeah. So what do you love about being a three? And what is really challenging about being a three? Yeah, honestly, and this is again, classic three. There's so many things that I love about being a three. That's so good. I love it. And I think the more healthy that I become, um, I just see how much value that threes really can add to the world. Yeah. And I think um, I love being a three because we are, when when we are healthy, we are confident. Mm-hmm. We bring value to people's lives. We are encouragers mm-hmm. and we, we bring a fun energy. And I just love that. I have other threes in my life that I love that about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of the things that are harder about being a three really has been in my life as I've gone through my journey of figuring out, okay, what aspect of me right now is being the performer? And then what aspect of me is really me being true to who I am? And what does that even look like? Because three is the number that really struggles the most, I think, with identity of I I put on so many different masks in a way Mm -hmm. because we're so good at kind of shaping to what the situation needs that sometimes it can be where you're sitting there and you're like, okay, who really am I? And what really brings me joy rather than just doing it to add value to the people around me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So what have you done? Like what have been some helpful practices to not live into the hard parts, but, and maybe the darker side of a three, but really living into the healthy parts. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple, I don't know, maybe a year ago, six months ago, we at church, we kind of delved into the concept of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And it's that intentional rest, that intentional time where you don't need to perform, you don't need to work. It's it's set aside to really do things that bring God honor and glory and that bring yourself joy. Yeah. And so I think as a three, that is so difficult. And when we first tried this practice, my husband and I, he was excellent at it immediately because he's an Enneagram nine. <laughs> yes. He's like one of the most calm oh my people goodness. I've ever met. He is like Mr. Shalom. He is yes. just so he is so at peace and at balance in yes. the world. And it is so good for me, but I'm not like that at all. I'm if I'm sitting still for more than 20 minutes, I feel guilty. You're like, like what do oh, I need to do? What value am I adding? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I need to do something. And so as we started this practice, it was so tough at the beginning, but now I'm in a place where my goodness, I crave my Fridays. That's my Sabbath. Mm. And I get to just exist. That's what my husband always says he's doing. I'm just existing. Mm-hmm. And I get to just do things that bring me joy and bring God glory. And yeah. and I'm not doing it for the sake of anyone else. I'm doing it for the sake of me and being true to who I am. Mm-hmm. And that has been so life-giving That's so for good. me in the last like six months. Yeah. So what does the Sabbath Friday look like? What do you like to do? Okay. I will be honest, girl. Uh, Netflix is included sometimes. Oh, yeah. A good mystery novel is definitely almost always okay. Included. I sleep in. I yes. love naps. Not to brag, but I'm pretty good at napping. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Yeah. So yes. I usually <laughs> nap. Um, also, this is weird, but 
grocery shopping is like one of my favorite activities yes I get to make a list I get to go by myself I know where everything is in the store so I'll grocery shop usually in the mornings Uh Um, and then again it's a time to connect with loved ones so whether that's a phone call or a text or whether that's journaling whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of activities that help me to be still Mm -hmm. because I think that's where I'm able to notice um notice the unhealth that's in my life and be able to evaluate that. And then also it's a way for me to become more healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's good. I love Sabbath too. Ugh. Yeah. To exist. That's the best. Yeah. Right. And I love me some Netflix. I, yeah. Oh I'm into a survivor kick right now. Oh, yes. Okay. The Amazing Race. Did you yes, ever watch that? I'm obsessed. Lately. Oh, it is so fun. It's so good. And I've then, watched, I think, every season. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not there yet, but I'll let you know when I'm done. Oh, my gosh. When I was, actually, when I was up um, breastfeeding my children in the middle of the night, both babies, I would go back and watch tons and of watch, old okay. seasons. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> 2 a.m., 4 a.m. I'm watching. I'm like, I really want to go to Italy. Oh my gosh. You know. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you, you find your favorite teams and everything it's like that. It's the best. And, oh, so man. good. I love yes. It. We just got to laugh and, and also dream a little bit. And also those things kind of help us detach from the to-do list, yes. right? Yes. And I don't know about you, but like vacations, and like planning vacations, it all just helps me detach from feeling yeah. like I have to constantly be in the hamster wheel of yeah. getting things done. Okay, so with the Enneagram, there are wings that sometimes help us understand our different personality types in, yeah. in new, unique ways and add to the number that we're connected with. So yeah. will you tell us a little bit about the insights that you've gained as you've looked at the wings. Yes, yes, I love this. So wings are the numbers that are on either side of your main number. So I could be either a three wing two or three wing four. And like you said, they pull characteristics from those numbers. Um, Three wing fours tend to be a little bit more individualistic. They're more creative, a little more introspective. um, And that's all pulling from that four side, that four wing. And they tend to be a little bit less focused on performance. Okay. And then three wing twos are known as like the charmer. So what they pull from the two is their still very performance but they're great with people they really are people oriented Mm -hmm. um and so I identify as a three wing two for sure okay um and so this is so funny but I feel like this is my three an example of my three with a two wing is when I go to a restaurant and they get my order wrong I won't say anything I won't say anything because I feel so wild to me because you are very you're very bold very direct and bold yes yes yes. but it's because I feel the two I think the two wing it's like I don't want to hurt their feelings I don't want to make them feel like they did a bad job yeah and I and also reputation management I don't want them to think I'm some Karen like I, I want you know I, I want to maintain this rapport that we've built and yeah and so I'm just you know I'll sit there and you know maybe if I was allergic to something I would say something well but I'll just hopefully you would. Eat it, hopefully yeah <laughs> but just eat it and be fine and then it's, oh it's over and so I think that's part of that three wing two that's okay maybe that's showing. so interesting yeah because yeah I'm like oh um I ordered extra avocado <laughs> Is this really extra? Yeah, I need three more slices. Yes, Thanks. exactly. Yeah. Where's that? Where's that campfire sauce? Red <laughs> Robin. Oh, nice. So yeah. good. So you also mentioned though earlier, as we were talking before this, yeah. that sometimes you can still glean some of the other characteristics from yes. the other side. So tell us how you connect a little bit with four. Yeah. So I'm definitely a three wing two, but there are moments of the Enneagram four that I really do see a little bit being pulled out. And part of that is, I think it's the individualism of the four. So for example, growing up like in high school, if people copied me, oh man, infuriating. There was nothing more frustrating to me because I wanted to be an individual and I didn't want anyone to look or sound or talk. Like, I think I legitimately have said this phrase in the past and don't judge me. Okay. 
I am the Brie Karens mm-hmm. now, Brie Karen Sheldon. But it's like so silly, but I just love being an individual. And yeah. like I told you too, I, when Frozen first came out and everyone was ranting about mm-hmm. it, I was like, you know what? Everyone loves this movie. I'm not going to see it. I'm so have you seen it. it? I have now. Yes. Yes. But I was <laughs> like, took I like Tangled instead. Like, yeah. That's what I like. So uh-huh. yeah, just that little bit mm-hmm. of pieces of the four, the individualism that I pull from. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny. I, so with my one, I go to four in stress, which we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But it, I resonate with that a little bit because I remember in junior high when in sync was all the rage. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loved Justin Timberlake. And I was like, no, no, I have to find another favorite because I don't want to be like everybody else. <laughs> that is totally the four. <laughs> I, I love it. So weird. Oh, but JT, come on. No, I'm great, like, right? yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's legit. He's like yeah. he's way better than any of the other ones, but it took We're me just a healthier. So we can realize this now. It's true yeah. that I don't have to choose JC just yeah. because. <laughs> Oh, my man. word. Okay. That is funny. So, yeah, let's talk about, though, the the other, what do you call them? Yeah, there's arrows of integration. Yeah, arrows, yeah, yes. and disintegration. So, basically, it's there's an arrow. There's two different numbers that you go to, one in times of stress mm-hmm. and then one in times of growth. Right. And so, and this is so fun. I get a little nerdy about this because I yeah, think it's Yeah, nerd just, out on us. I Tell just us. think it's really fun and unique yeah. and interesting. So I go to Enneagram 9 in times of stress, mm-hmm. and I go to Enneagram 6, the loyalist, mm-hmm. in times of growth. And what's really fun is my husband is a 9, which mm-hmm. is the peacemaker, which yeah. is what I go to in stress, and my best friend is a 6, mm-hmm. which is the loyalist, which I go to in times of health. And yeah. so just the dynamics of, I don't know what it is, if it's like I see, because I go to 9s in stress, and I see my husband in, in health, the best parts of 9, if we have a special connection, mm-hmm. or if the same thing happens with my best friend in times of 6, because when I'm healthy, she and I are more alike, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just think that those numbers of stress and growth that we have a special bond and connection with people yeah. that identify as those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, I don't have favorites. However, Enneagram 9s, I'm low-key obsessed <laughs> with. I just think that they bring a peace and a calm and a balance to the world that my personality isn't necessarily focused on at all. And so I just think that's a really fun aspect. And so if you know your Enneagram or even if you're figuring that out through this podcast, I think that's really something to research and to look mm-hmm. into. And because it makes yourself more aware as well. You can you can see through your behavior, oh, I'm, I'm acting maybe more pieces of more like this number and mm-hmm. so maybe I'm I'm healthier in this environment or whatever that looks like. right 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 yeah so for people listening that are not super knowledgeable or are just kind of dipping their toes in the water with Enneagram first you know some of this might be like what but there's a diagram that's really helpful yeah. that if you just google the Enneagram you'll probably see that diagram but also Brie mentioned The Road Back to You by Ian Cron yeah. um, it's a great book and it has the the information for each each number and it has the information on the arrows and the wings and all of the things. So the road back to you is one that we would probably highly recommend, right? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyhow, there's like the diagram and I'm visual, so I feel like that's helpful. Yeah. But as you think about back to the stress and, and health. Yeah. So as you think about when you shift to a nine mm-hmm. in stress, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And what kind of spurs on those moments of stress? And how do you see the nine coming through? Yeah. So it happened a lot in college. Um, I think just because I, <laughs> I went to bed later than most people I know because I'm social and I would stay up with all my friends till 2am and then they don't go to bed. And then I do my homework. And, and you had to do your homework well because you're homework. three. Right. So it's like, yeah. okay, well I have to get A's. I have to graduate <laughs> summa cum laude. So here we go. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed though that 
And it's so fun because my husband actually would point this out even back then when we were dating of if I want to, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I go into avoidance. Mm -hmm. And so instead of doing my work like a normal, responsible college student, I chose to do anything but. So one night I'm doing homework. I have a big test the next day. And my husband said he had never, I don't remember what he hadn't seen. It was like a movie or a show or something. And I dropped all my homework and all my tests and we watched it and we did that instead of studying for my test. And so it's just moments of avoidance where if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to become apathetic. Okay. I'm going to push myself away from the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lay on the couch and watch TV more. I'm going to do anything but Mm -hmm. what I know deep down I need to do. Hmm. So that is definitely a sign of stress for me. Yeah. Yeah. So how I'm thinking back to what we were talking about, about Sabbath. So how does that... Because laying on the couch in avoidance and then laying on the couch in existence on Sabbath. Yeah. How do you let your soul realize the difference between those two? That is such a good question, Carly. And I think, really, I think it's all about intentionality. So I think going Mm -hmm. into it, the apathy and avoidance wasn't an intentional decision. It was kind of like a a flight situation, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas for Sabbath, I'm intentional of, okay, I'm going to finish my work on Thursday evenings and I'm going to make sure that I have everything Mm -hmm. done that I need to have done. And then I'm going to intentionally create moments of space for me to just exist. And I'm not going to, if I'm feeling emotions of like being overwhelmed or negative emotions like that, I'm, I'm intentional to deal with them rather than avoid. Cause a lot of what happens with the three, we're part of the, um, I believe it's the heart triad where we process mm. emotions like feelings first. Okay. And so one of, one of the interesting aspects of that is that we actually are feeling avoidant. So a lot of threes will push our feelings down because those are mm. negative things and we need to get our work done and we need to deal with the people around us and that's more important. Okay. And so I think in that moment of Sabbath of being able to, to recognize those emotions yeah. and to deal with them right away rather mm-hmm. than just saying, oh, I'm going to lay on the couch and watch Netflix as an avoidance tactic. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So it, there, it is a fine line though. Mm-hmm. That's really good. But I also think it's good to recognize that because for me, when we first started Sabbathing, I kind of had to fight like the guilty feeling of like, oh, yeah. this is wrong yeah. to like rest all day, yes. you know, and do things that f- feel restful because I had associated rest with either because I can be a little bit of a... Um, procrastinator too when I get stressed and that must be somehow tied into my Enneagram-ness but I can avoid or I you know if I was resting and I had a to-do list I always had a sense of guilt yeah so realizing okay wait this is a different type of rest and I don't need to feel guilty this is actually an invitation from God to rest with great intention to realize that the weight of the world is not on my shoulders, right? Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I had to fight that kind of guilty, guilty feeling. Did you experience that at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm, I was always thinking of the other things that I could be doing, how I could making, be making my work better, be making my friendships better, all of these things. And um, I think too, one of the things that was so mind blowing for me when learning about Sabbath was how, when we Sabbath and when we take that break, it makes us better. It's mm-hmm. for us, really. Yeah. It's, and so um, ultimately on Saturday, I'm going to be a better version of myself mm-hmm. if I take that Sabbath. And so yeah. if you're really, you know, concerned or, oh, I'm, I feel guilty because I'm not supposed to be doing this or I, I shouldn't be taking this time away. You're really going to be better in your workplace. You're going to mm-hmm. be better in your relationships. You're going to be better with your spouse, yeah. all of the things. Right. It just makes life so much more fuller. Mm-hmm. And so I think that realization really helped to shift my mindset. So I didn't feel as yeah. guilty. It was like, no, 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 I'm doing this for others. I'm mm-hmm. doing this for myself and yeah. for my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just so much better, I think, when you view it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So we talked about going to the nine in stress. Yes. What is it like to go to the six in health for yeah. you? Yeah. So the six is a loyalist. And I love sixes too because they are just... Think of the best friends that you've ever had, the most loyal people that have been there through thick and thin, Mm -hmm. that are the first to check on you, that you know would be there no matter what you told them. Mm -hmm. Those are probably sixes. They're just the best friends and they're so loyal. Um, And so... I, when I go into moments of growth, I'm a really good friend. I think mm. I'm, I'm more intentional. I'm, I'm, I listen better. I take the time because threes are, we're so time conscious. Oh mm. my goodness. Just <laughs> so time oriented. And so I think it, when we're healthy and we're in that kind of six zone, we're able to say, it doesn't matter. I don't need to have an end time for this. Mm. We're just going to yeah. sit and we're going to have conversation. We're going to live life together. And mm-hmm. so those are, I think are some of the things that come with that movement into health from a six and that I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. I, I love three partially because I get to pull from that six in moments mm-hmm. of health. Um, earlier we were talking about this idea of threes being kind of like a chameleon. Yes. And uh, you told me about an interaction that you had in your workplace recently. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, there's a, an aspect of three, it's like called the the deadly sin or whatever of three and it's deceit and deadly sin feels like really intense it does yeah I don't know a better word for that maybe like a downfall a a possible possible obstacle I don't know yeah that's much better than deadly sin. okay let's use that let's use that so that is deceit and for threes I think it's a really fine line because I think threes have this special innate ability to be chameleons right like we can walk into any room and we can kind of feel out already okay these are the dynamics these are the interactions that are happening here's kind of what I need to be like in order to be successful and and that's really special and really amazing and and I've I have so many different types of friends because I'm able to kind of morph and be a different part of me for each friend for when they need it mm-hmm. and I think that's a really beautiful thing I think that in a way that's being all things to all people right mm-hmm. but then it's a very fine line because also I think that can easily turn into deceiving um not only the world around us and people, but also ourselves to where, like I said before, in moments of unhealth, it's like, who even am I really? Mm. If I play all these different roles and I have all these different masks, like who is the true authentic Brie Mm -hmm. and the person that God created me to be? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think a lot of times it's just a really fine line that threes have to walk to figure out if they're in health in that or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think other people notice it too. And some people will admire it and some people might be frustrated by it. I had a conversation with a coworker Mm -hmm. and we were talking about Enneagram and they were like, Brie, you're such an individual and you, you always get your work done and you're so serious with work. And I said, oh, no, 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 that's work, Brie. And they're like, what? And I'm like, that's work, Brie. Mm-hmm. Normal Brie, like outside of work, Brie. Oh my gosh, she's fun and she's energetic and I'll do, we'll do crazy things, like all yeah. the things. And they were like, oh, it was such a weird concept. Like, oh, I wish I could do that. I, I, I have to be the real me everywhere I am. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I am being the real me. Right. I am being the real me. It's just that I think I have this ability to be able to tap into different pieces Mm -hmm. of me Mm -hmm. um, for what the situation calls for. But again, it really is a fine line. And so I think we need to make sure that we are walking in the spirit and that we are constantly evaluating Mm -hmm. to make sure, am I being authentic to who I am or am I just changing roles because that's what the world is demanding of me? Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as we were talking earlier, I was thinking when you said that about like work Brie and at home Brie and weekend Brie, and I'm like, it's kind of like outfits. Like, yeah, I love wearing sweatpants at home like that's the best and I'm still Carly but like I wouldn't wear that when I'm 
preaching right. at an event. It's not appropriate. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And so then I'm going to wear like uh, my hot pink pantsuit, right? Yes. And yes. that's, both of them are me, but they're just in different, different. ways. Yes. And so, and they're both authentic. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think it's okay. And I think it's good because we want to be mindful and intentional in each, each phase, each sphere. That's yeah. the word I'm looking that's for. Good. Sphere of that's our lives. Good. Yeah. That, yeah, if I showed up to preach in sweatpants, it would not be good. It would not be good. <laughs> and, like, if I was vacay Brie all the time, it would be bad. I have right. vacay Brie who I have snorkeled in the ocean. I'm terribly afraid of all of the ocean. I don't know why I ever did that. I swim in an underwater cave, terrified of caves. Why did what? I do that? So, like, if I was vacay Brie all the time, I would be doing all Throwing these crazy things. Throwing passion to things. the winds. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, exactly, if, if we're careful to to not, to make sure that all of those spheres are still authentic to ourselves, yeah. then I think that's totally okay. And that's part of living into a three because that's mm-hmm. a piece of what makes us, mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you, how has knowing about being a three really helped you in your marriage? Oh, wow. Um, I think honestly, my husband Jared has just, since we've been married, he has made me 10 times of a person than I mm. was before. He just, and I really think that's what marriage is about of finding someone that's going to push you to become a better version of a better reflection of Jesus. Right. Um, and so he has made me better in that. I think partially he's really able to see me when I moved times of unhealth. Mm. And especially because I go into his number, the nine in times yeah. of stress, he's really able to identify that because he sees it in himself mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and then, then I think two, threes, the thing we want to hear most in life is you are loved for who you are. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we oftentimes hear growing up is you are loved for what you do. Mm, And so I think Jared is the person that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt loves me for who I am. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter if that's messy or ugly or whatever, or broken. He loves me because of who I am and who God created me to be the real authentic me. And so when you have that safe space, like it's so inspiring. Of course, I want to become the healthiest, most amazing version of myself because I know that I have him mm-hmm. by my side as my partner in life. And so yeah. it's been really beautiful. I'm very, very grateful for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. We he love Jared. <laughs> Mr. Shalom, I love Yes, him. Mr. Shalom, that's the best. <laughs> Has there ever been a time where it's been challenging to be a nine and a three combo? Like when you're really working on the to-do list, getting things done. And he is Mr. Shalom. Has that ever been challenging? Yes. yes. So we don't really fight very often. We get along so well. Yeah. I would not imagine that Mr. Mr. Shalom would fight. No. And And you're so kind. And if he, if he ever voices anything, I love him so much. I'm immediately like, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What can I do? Yeah. (laughs) So we really are a great team, but I love to plan and it is really stress relieving for me. Yeah. And it is really stressful for Mm -hmm. him. And Mm so I love to meal plan. Not lately because morning sickness is real, but typically I love to plan and I have the whole week, like this is what we're having for dinner every week. And this is my list of groceries. And I, I'm really big on partnership. And so I love when he's a part of that with me. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be like, okay, babe, it's time to meal plan. And he just immediately like sighs. And it's just like this look of dread on his face, like not again. And I'm like, I know this stresses you out, doesn't it? And so we have these like little bits of Mm -hmm. things that bring me life don't necessarily bring him life and vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then the only other times are probably when we're both in maybe times of unhealth. Cause that means that I have gone into his nine. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's like, well, who's going to make a decision? Mm. Like nobody, yeah. one of the most indecisive people in the world. And so mm. when we both are kind of in a place of unhealth, yeah. then it can be a little bit like, okay, where do we even eat? What dinner? do we do? Yeah. Like, where do we go out? All right. We're going to, yeah. Yeah, eat tortilla chips and watch Netflix <laughs> yeah, for five hours. Whatever's in the pantry. <laughs> yeah. But then what do we watch? So you I scroll. Know. Oh, 
for hours. And we've yes. said so many times, we're going to make a list. We're going to make a yes. list of it. Next time this happens, we just look at our list. Mm-hmm. We're three years in a marriage. We don't have a list, folks. Yeah. So if you've ever said that, I know you're probably lying because <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It yeah. takes for, it takes so long to find the right thing to watch that I'm like, oh I could have watched an hour. Three movies. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my yes. goodness. So tell me, Brie, how your threeness, how you connect with God in a unique way because you're three. Yeah. That's a really fun question. I think that I'm, I think that for other numbers, maybe journaling, like for my husband, journaling is really impactful. Yeah. You're writing all your thoughts and everything like that. And for me, um, that has not been, I find honestly, it's through acting in selfless ways Mm. because I think threes have a tendency. Part of our downfall is we're so self-focused. I become the best that we can be at you know, being competitive and being excellent, all these things that Mm -hmm. sometimes if we're in places of unhealth, it's not our first inclination to turn and look at the people that maybe need help Mm. or the people that aren't the most powerful people in the room. Right. Yeah. And so I think for me, I connect with God when I am physically and actively doing things to help other people, people that are Mm -hmm. oppressed, people that are minorities, people that are downtrodden and downcast Mm -hmm. and all of these things. And Mm so um, that really for me has been a unique way that I think honestly in the last year I've figured that out and I've been working on that. Mm -hmm. So it's been pretty recent. Yeah. Do you Um, have a story as to when you just really felt God's presence and and doing something like that? Yeah. I think my husband works for the Boise Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. So homeless ministry is really um, near and dear to our heart. And so, um, I, there's been multiple times, but just stopped to have conversations and, and bought someone a burrito. And, and instead mm-hmm. of, I, I, this one guy, Chez, I, I went and I stopped my car and I went up to him and I was walking towards him and he immediately started to give me his military background. Oh. Like he wasn't going to get any respect mm. if he didn't say, give a reason for why he was in this in this position. Yeah. And so immediately said, yeah, I think that's wonderful, but I just, how are you? And what's Mm. your name? And and just like taking the time to be intentional and to buy him lunch. And, um, so just moments like that of, if I have a to-do list, if I have a busy day, guess what? The world's not all about me. And Mm. I think it's so, I think it's what Jesus would want us to do is to take a look at that bigger picture of how can we use our gifts and talents to help other people flourish. Yeah. Um, And Midtown, the church that I work at, that's a big part of our heart. Mm -hmm. And so every fourth week we get to do something in the community and use our time and gifts and talents to help other people flourish. And that's been a really life-giving and Mm -hmm. amazing way as a three to to connect relationally with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good challenge. I think for all of us listening that we are invited by God to have margin in our lives, like even if we're planners to have enough margin in our day to go, okay, wait, yeah, maybe I should stop and have a longer conversation or, you know, buy this person's groceries or whatever it may be to have the margin and not plan out our day so much that we see a need, but feel like we can't do anything about it. So if journaling though, isn't like your thing, what does your time with God look like on a daily basis? And for other threes that may feel the same way, um, what would be some pieces of advice that you would have in in helping them go, okay, I can connect with God in in unique ways that are fit that are a good fit for me. Yeah. I think as threes, we get bored easily. We love challenges. We love excitement. We love new things. And so, um, I think for me personally, it has changed over time and, and I, I've diversified it. So in the mornings I start off and I have, I use the Bible app. It's wonderful. If you don't have it, you can download it to your phone. Um, and so I'll spend time doing a plan on the Bible app, which is they, 
there's already so many pre-made plans on topics, on, on books of the Bible, on everything. And so I'll start by doing that. And then typically I will move into different parts of scripture just on my own. Um, and for me, it's really helpful. Again, I want to make sure I'm doing this not to perform and not to be a good follower of Jesus, right? I'm doing it to actually grow my relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I will sometimes take like a Psalm of the day or a proverb of the day, the proverb of the day, and I will read it and then I will reread it and then I will Mm. reread it. And so rather than trying to get a lot done, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm trying to be intentional in that time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I always love worship music. I sing. And so just getting to worship and in my, just by myself, of just lifting praises to God Mm -hmm. and, and then podcasts as well. I love listening to sermons. I love listening to messages and, and then books too, of course. Um, I think I, I read fiction more just to be able to kind of have that easy. Don't have to think for that part. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes I will read books by pastors or things like that so yeah kind of I have a different a variety variety of things Mm -hmm. exactly to keep things fresh and to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons if that makes sense that totally makes sense yeah yeah so switching gears a little bit for people listening that aren't threes yes because I'm sure there's others that aren't threes yeah um but no but these people have threes in their life yeah how can they how can we um love threes in our life in our lives well Yeah, I think um, I would break it up into different sections. So first of all, if you are in a position of power and you have threes that work for you, please don't doubt them because we are so capable and we're just waiting for the chance to show how capable we are. And so if you have threes that work for you, my goodness, give them a chance, give them ownership over something, Mm -hmm. allow them to be free to, to prove how much value they really can add. Um, And then also words of encouragement are just so helpful. And this goes for all everyone if you know three typically words of affirmation are really valuable to them and it doesn't need to be when they accomplish something just out of the blue random seeing them for who they are and affirming them in that is so impactful Mm -hmm. um and then I would just say yeah if if you have coworkers or friends or family that are threes um just reminding them that they're loved just because of who they are yeah and especially if they're in a moment of unhealth or brokenness or they're going through something really tough or they made a mistake of reminding them even it's even more impactful in those moments that Mm -hmm. they are loved for who they are not for what they do yeah um and I think that is just world changing for Mm -hmm. threes yeah hear that so good and you are so good at doing that for others well you are and it's so fun I was just as you're talking I was remembering with our small group long time ago you had this idea of doing like a award I don't know if we called it like an awards show or what we called it yes but we all dressed up really weird yeah like like funky prom funky prom yeah yeah and then you and I went to the dollar store and we found gifts and connected them to each person in our group with some yeah. random award. And we like that was so had fun. everyone come up and we like told them who they are with yes. this really weird little we, like, gift. wrote out but, little blurbs. But yes. fun and everyone cheered and it was like the best celebration. And you thought of that. So fun. And it was so fun. And I, I mean, just, I can picture it like those people in our group, they just like, you could see their shoulders like go back and their heads held high and they just felt so loved. And you're so good at doing that. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people think of threes and they're like, yeah, they love words of affirmation and, you know, Mm -hmm. but a lot of other people don't. But I think the thing is, and I've been saying this so much lately, 
at the basis of every single human being, we all want to know that we are loved and then we are valued for who we are. Yeah. Everyone wants that. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants that. And I think threes are the most in tune with that. Mm -hmm. And so I think because we want to receive that so much, we, we give that to others like love languages, right? Right. A lot of the times what you receive, you give. And Mm so Mm -hmm. I think that as threes, and if you are listening and you're a three, use that gift because that gift of encouragement, you have no idea what impact that's going to make and what ripple effect that will have in someone's Mm -hmm. life. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of celebrating, yes, I'm going to ask you to celebrate you because so often we can be self-critical. We can really get laser focused on the things that we feel like didn't go well or we wish would have gone differently. Um, But on the podcast, we just love to stop and celebrate ourselves each week. So how can you celebrate you in this season of life? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I think, I think lately I, I have struggled the last like year or two years with control of just wanting things to go the way that I want them. And, and if it doesn't of just having this like crippling anxiety and fear. And so, um, I, I, when we first found out we were pregnant, I was instantly just crippled with fear and anxiety of all the things that could happen. And I think throughout the last two months, God has just moved in just an incredibly amazing way and has given me this like unexplainable peace Mm -hmm. and I think that this sounds like I'm celebrating God which I am but but also God I think chooses to partner with us and I think that it took intentionality on my part as well to to pray for peace and to to trust that no Mm -hmm. matter what happens God is good and no matter what happens I have an amazing husband and we are already a family and so um just through the process now I feel like I'm such a healthy peaceful place and even with Enneagram, I'm able to look back and see moments of unhealth in my past Mm -hmm. to where I don't struggle with those things anymore. And so I would say overall, just celebrating, I feel so mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, life always brings its waves, but I'm just in a place where I feel so grateful and joyful and healthy. And I think that's a really, really wonderful place to be. Yes, that's wonderful. And yeah, as we talked, we went to lunch the other day and as we talked, it is a challenge those, you know, you, you learn you're pregnant and you are learning to trust God in totally new ways, letting go of control. There's, there's so much you can't do. Um, and you so want everything to go well. Um, and I, yeah, I remember just fighting the fear, but then really asking God to help me learn to let go. And you're right. It is a partnership between you and God, because God's constantly inviting us, Yes, but we have to RSVP, yeah. like we have yeah. to say yes and, yeah. and, and join what, what he's inviting us to. And so I just celebrate that with you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And yeah. so excited for this baby to come. And we are too. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. As soon as we left lunch the other day, I called Mike. I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, gosh, guess what? I'm so excited. It's been so hard keeping it in. We just want to like exclaim it to the whole yes. world. But yes. Because of, as of right now. At yeah. this recording, people don't know. People don't know as, as of this recording. But, but you when will it's know. aired, when, hear it. when yeah. it's aired, people will know. So it's okay. We're talking about <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wait. This is the way you're telling the world through this podcast. Surprise, everyone. Wow. I don't know who all <laughs> listens, but surprise. <laughs> hey, Bree's mom. <laughs> no, she knows. She I knows. know. I know. I'm just kidding. That would be so funny. That would be hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So last thing. Yes. The faceball moment. We always like to have a funny facepalm moment because sometimes we can take ourselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. So do you have a funny, embarrassing moment or mishap that has occurred recently that you can share with us? I do. It happened very recently, like less than a week ago. Um, So... (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe because I'm a three, but I was like, I'm going to be impervious to this whole pregnancy brain thing. Like people say it happens. Yeah, right. I'm going to be firing on all cylinders, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. So we were driving the other day, my husband and I, and I was driving and he was in the passenger seat. And I was at the largest intersection in all of Idaho, okay, which is on Eagle mm-hmm. and Fairview. Yep. And I'm facing, I think, north and there's like the village over to my right. And I'm in the far left lane because I'm wanting to do a U-turn. Okay. And so we're sitting there and that light takes forever, right? We're sitting yeah. there and we're sitting there and guess what? Yep, we're sitting there. And and all of a sudden, Jared and I are talking about something, I don't know, philosophical, theological <laughs> something. Yeah. And I stop. I'm like, hold on, babe. I'm just going to go. And so I just flip a U and then we keep driving. And all of a sudden, I hear my sweet, gentle husband say, um, my love, I don't think you can do that. And I was like, what is he talking about? That has nothing to do with our conversation. He's like, right, but that was a red light. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? So (laughs) in my mind, I thought that I was either in the far right lane where on a red, you yield and then you go. Or it was like a flashing yellow, right? (laughs) Nope, it was a completely red, the largest intersection in Idaho, just flipped a U. And then I looked behind me and the car behind me followed me and did the exact same thing. So (gasps) not only was I a terrible leader and influence, but also I broke the law, which I am not condoning, by the way. And I I am petrified. I have a fear of being pulled over. I've never been pulled over in my life. What? Yes. I'm terrified because how embarrassing. I, I know I'd cry. I believe you've never, been pulled, never over. been pulled over. You were so lucky. And I pride myself on being a good driver, but I just completely U-turned with a red arrow in oh the largest. Goodness. So I've just, Jared and I have been laughing about that for the past yeah. week because I had such high hopes for myself, this pride, right? Of, yeah. Oh, that's not going to happen to me. I don't make mistakes. Brie, you do. Oh you my do. word. So that's too funny. Yeah. That's something that's happened lately. That's definitely been a facepalm moment. Well, I'm glad that you were safe and I cannot believe you've never gotten a ticket. I yeah. said you were lucky, but it's probably not luck. It's no, probably it's like half and half probably. intentionality. I don't and, know. It's probably lucky mm, too. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. But see, we probably would go the speed limit for different reasons. You would probably do it because it's right. The right thing to do. Yeah. Right. Whereas I'm just like, I don't want to get pulled over and deal with this man or woman thinking that I'm an embarrassing <laughs> human who goes too fast. That's hilarious. Yeah. So again. Well, yeah. I have had uh, my fair share of traffic issues. So. Hmm. Hey, but have you ever done a U-turn on a completely red light at the largest intersection in Idaho? Nope. Okay. Never done that. All right. But I did pass a stop sign with a school or a school bus stop sign. Oh. Oh my gosh. When I was in high school. Oh yeah. I got a misdemeanor. <gasps> Can you even? Did you really? I did. How embarrassing. Carly, thanks for sharing your facepalm moment. And here everyone's hearing that I have a misdemeanor. Okay, and here's here's what is even worse. Well, I don't know. The misdemeanor was bad. But I had a, okay, the story is I had a license plate that said curl girl on it. Okay. <laughs> and so I didn't even know that I did it because I was on a big highway. Okay. Or like a big road with like several lanes. So I didn't yeah. even really realize that I did it. But the school bus driver wrote down curl girl. <gasps> I didn't even know I had done anything wrong. I'm in high school sitting in a class and I get a note that there's a police officer at the office. Yes. <gasps> they. I'm like, what in the heck? I go down there and a policeman came to my school with my ticket and told me wow, what had happened. That's yeah. commitment. So then I'm like mortified. I'm like the goody two shoes of the high school. Yeah. And I walk in and people were like, <gasps> what is that? Like Carly's got a misdemeanor. Oh, 
It was like the worst thing ever. Oh my goodness. So anyways, that's just one of, I don't but have several misdemeanors, but yeah. um, that's yeah. the only one, <laughs> yeah. but I have had some other tickets too. Oh, <laughs> so embarrassing. Okay, I'll be grateful then. I'll be grateful that at least I wasn't pulled over. But I'm glad that you're okay. Thank and you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, afterwards it was kind of scary. Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Like your heart rate's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just did that. Yeah. yeah. And it was clear. I looked to make sure it was clear, yeah. but still, you know. Yeah. But we're ditching perfection. We're ditching it's perfection. Okay. Things happen. We make mistakes. Yeah. I'm sure people listening are like, oh yeah, I ran a red light two weeks ago. Yeah. I'd be so. interested actually to hear all of your stories because I'm sure there's some people listening with yeah. some amazing Maybe stories. Maybe we should put this on Instagram this week and ask. Yeah. What are who your has best? The craziest <laughs> traffic Getting pulled over. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll do it. That'd be fun. That is yes. fun. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover about being an Enneagram 3? pretty much covered everything okay yeah read the book do the research it's so fun and it really it really helps you to discover more about yourself and how to interact with the world around you and it's a beautiful thing you guys i am so thankful for brie and her willingness to open up about her life and what it's like to be an enneagram three and i'm so grateful i know many threes and they contribute so much to my life as friends and they spur me on to continue to press forward and believe that I can make a difference in the world. And so can you. And I hope that as you heard Brie today, that you will be inspired to continue to move forward knowing that you have something significant to offer to the world. Well, today I want to just recap our conversation as always with some key takeaways for us to consider. So number one, an Enneagram 3's basic motivation is to add value to the world around them. Number two, an Enneagram 3's core fear is being worthless. Number three, Sometimes when studying the Enneagram, there are different motivations for the same outcomes or goals. So when trying to figure out your Enneagram type, investigate your motivations. Number four, Bree shared with us a helpful question for Enneagram threes, but it's actually really an important question for all of us to ask ourselves. What aspect of me is being a performer? And what aspect of me is being true to my authentic self? Number five, do things that bring you joy. Things that are not contingent on performing for the benefit of other people. Number six, being still can help you recognize your areas of health, but stillness can also help you grow into a healthier version of yourself. See, sometimes I think when we are still, it kind of freaks us out because then the weaknesses or the things that we're struggling with kind of rise to the surface. But I think that Brie is right, that being still does help us recognize areas that we have to grow. But oh my goodness, being still can also be a wonderful moment of celebration and to realize just how far we've come. Number seven, Enneagram threes go into the nine in stress. So a sign of stress for Enneagram 3s may possibly be avoidance. Number eight, threes have an ability to be like a chameleon. But as Brie reminded us, there's a fine line between doing that in healthy ways and deceitful ways. Number nine, 
a significant spiritual practice for threes, but truly for all of us, all of us, whatever number we are, is to look beyond the powerful people around us and connect with and learn from those who society sometimes overlooks. And number 10, words of affirmation mean a lot to threes. But truly, (laughs) I think words of affirmation mean a lot to just about everybody. But let's give the words, but also receive the words and let other people encourage us and speak into us, reminding us that we are dearly loved. And speaking of that, today our prayer prompt comes from Mark 1, 9 through 13. So let me just read this as a reminder to us today that we are dearly loved. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. So as we consider this scripture today, I have just continually been so impacted by the story of Jesus's baptism in scripture because this is before Jesus's earthly ministry had really began You know, he hadn't healed anybody yet. He hadn't done any miracles yet. And he comes to dedicate himself fully through baptism. And as he does, God's voice very clearly says, You are my son whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. So these words from God were not because of what Jesus had done, how the difference that he was making in the community, the number of people that he had healed. No, God's words, God the Father was just speaking love and delight over Jesus simply because of who he was. God was showing that he loved Jesus because Jesus was his son not because of any certain way that he had performed or what he had accomplished. And I think that's really important for us to realize too, that sometimes we feel like we have to strive to earn God's love or even the love of people around us. But God simply loves us because of who we are, not for what we do. See, it's really interesting that that God speaks these words, I love you, Jesus. I am delighted in you. I'm well pleased with you. You are my son. And then he goes and he encounters Satan. And so in that instance, he is just coming from this rootedness of being loved. Those were the last words that he heard that we at least see documented in scripture that God was saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it was from this place of being loved that Jesus knew that in the stillness he could tune into God's voice of love and that is what fueled him in that time of trial and temptation. And so with all of that said this week, I would just invite you to continue to sift through that passage, to ask God to share with you what you need to hear from that passage. But I would also encourage you to write down 
God's words that God spoke over Jesus and put your own name in it. So for instance, for me, it would be Carly, you are my child whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. So this week, put your name in and say, April, you are my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Jamie, you are my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Mitchell, you are my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Like put your name in there. Maybe even write that down, put it on a sticky note where you can see it and just remember that you are loved for who you are, not what you do. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I would just so appreciate if you would take some time to rate and review the show. This helps me connect with other perfection ditchers. And also my friends, next Tuesday, my pal, Allie Gentry, will be here to talk to us about life as an Enneagram 4. She has incredible insights, amazing stories. You won't want to miss it. So I will see you next week. <laughs>